0: Again, out there, and welcome inside another edition of the Adam Jones podcast. I'm Jerry Coleman. He's the former five time all star, Adam Jones. And we enter episode number 45. AJ will be joined by former player and current broadcaster, Dontrell Willis, the D train coming aboard. Adam and I are also going to discuss when fans go too wild. That happened recently at a Major League Baseball park and made us all shake our heads collectively. SMH. In addition, MLB's got a brand new program, or is it brand new? Adam will explain. It's the ambassador, the cap ambassador program that we'll be talking about, plus another edition of Socially Speaking. And this week, we focus on your correspondences to our Twitter poll, some call it X, about the Ravens. And speaking of, the Baltimore Banner is launching its second podcast. We were the first, of course, Adam. It's a new podcast called The Ravens Wrap, And it's hosted by Paul Moncano and Jonas Schaefer. It'll air twice a week and include in-depth analysis and breakdowns about the Ravens from the banner's deep roster of reporters as the Ravens get set for week one. So get a hold of that Ravens rap podcast, courtesy of the Baltimore banner. As always, we begin with our special featured guest brought to you by Jimmy's Famous Seafood, He is the former pitcher, current Fox Sports analyst. The D-Train, Dontrell Willis joins us here on the Adam Jones podcast. Dontrell, appreciate you taking the time. You're in a different time zone than all of us, so we won't get into that. But I want to begin with the nickname D-Train. Where did that emanate from? Was that laid on you at an early age? I know
1: you didn't come up with that. No, I'm definitely not smart enough to come up with something like that. But uh, well, You um, can't give yourself uh, your
0: own nickname. That's no, kind of no, a rule. no, 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 <laughs> no.
1: Yeah, definitely a rule. Um, uh, one of my favorite teammates, A.J. Burnett, uh, he was a captain for us at the time, and uh, he actually got hurt with uh, Tommy John, and he, he straight up went to battle for me to be able to get called up. And then all of a sudden, you know, I go on this – miraculous run as a rookie, and, you know, he was loving every minute of it, and he he just called me to train and he said, we're going to go as far as you take us, rookie, and I didn't like it at all, actually, to be honest with you, because I'm a type of guy where, you know, I want to be part of the group. You know, I don't like being singled out and what have you, and people started showing up with train whistles and crazy stuff like that and and what have you, but he's the one that coined the nickname, so every time I I sign a signature at a card show, he says I owe him money. (laughs)
2: <laughs> hey, trains, man. Always good to catch up with you, bro. First off, a black ace.
1: Not many people know Thank that. You. These are African
2: Americans with 20 wins. It's a very small group. And he is one of them. Uh, Sabathia is one. David Price is the other. Uh, Newcomb, uh, mm-hmm. Gibson, Fergie Jenkins. Did I get them all? Mm-hmm. I think yeah. so. Okay. Norris, you know I mean? I yeah. Norris, uh-huh, I, Nor- I got to give you a brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. You recently covered the Orioles. Um how good are they, man? Let's let's just talk about baseball. How how good are the Orioles? You watch baseball all day. How good are they? Mm-hmm.
1: First of all, like it it's important for them to be good in Baltimore for the city uh for that fan base. I I love the energy that's returned back to Camden Yards. Camden Yards is a cathedral to us baseball players. I I mean it it's a beautiful confine and so Athletically, I think they took a page out of the Tampa Bay Rays as far as like they brought up guys that play together in the minor leagues, learn how to win with each other in the minor leagues, and they are athletic and they hit bombs and they're not afraid of anybody. And I mean, it seems like every time they call somebody up, it's like Gunnar Henderson and, and, and Adley Rushman. I mean they are ready to perform at the highest level right now. And so Brandon Hyde just sits back and says, hey, man, I'm just going to let those guys go out there and play because he trusts the process of teaching those guys how to play the right way. And so they took their lumps, you know I mean, the Santander's and and Cedric Mullins and learning how to play in that division like you did um, in the tough AL East. And now, man, every time they're on the field, man, they are truly fun to watch. And so, you know, they have about five, six guys in their lineup that can beat you on every given day, and that's what makes them difficult to beat. And so – uh it's fun to watch um they like playing they like playing with each other and i think that's a component that doesn't necessarily go on the back of a baseball card but they feel they feel like they can put a stomping on anybody and, and it's fun and baseball needs these, these type of teams in these regions to to be be very good and perform well and stuff so i got them going to the american league championship i put that out there on fox mm-hmm. okay i got okay. them i got them but i think I think Bradish and, and Rodriguez are going to have to step up earlier than what was expected from the front office in the sense of you can't put any innings limit on them now. They have to really grow up now and go out there and pitch, and they have the stuff to do it. You just, you're just you hoping that they don't get hurt, you know what I mean, trying to get them into the postseason because the Rays are still nipping at their heels.
2: That was my question. It was a loaded question. Innings limit, well, you just debunked that. And you came up as a young starter with Burnett, with Burke, with uh, Beckett. You guys were young starters. What? And you guys won the World Series. So we're talking about innings limits. do not they throw that out the window. What can these dudes do to like you said, you got them in ALCS, but what can they do to get past that, even though they're all young? You guys was young having fun. It's a different era. We mm-hmm. have a different type of fun these days, you know, it's a little different. Yeah. But mm-hmm. what can these young starters do from a guy who was in the fire? What can they do to get through and to debunk <laughs> everything about innings landing they here, tired
1: of it? Fucked my ass off my whole life uh, for this. Uh, you know, it, it's funny. Um, I'm a special assistant to the farm director for the Dodgers, Will Rhines, because I'm still trying to figure out what that job title really means uh, for the Dodgers. But it seems like we're getting more stuff to train these kids harder to pitch less. And so that starts really in the minor leagues teaching these guys how to go five innings and above and so and I'm not saying they need to go complete game but it's not so much the pitch count as opposed to getting up and getting down and learning how to navigate lineups I mean these kids have max effort throws and you look at a Grayson Rodriguez and he throws the ball anywhere from 96 to 100 miles an hour but can he learn how to really navigate lineups and be able to keep that arm strength keep that leg strength and be able to shorten the game for Brandon Hyde and, and what have you because That fifth, sixth inning you're seeing right now is very important. If a guy can get through the sixth inning, the game is shortened for the manager. But if he comes out in the fourth and the fifth, now the manager has to guess five guys out of that bullpen to be correct. And if one guy's not, you lose the game. And so for me, I always argue about, like, we need to start teaching these kids how to really get through at least five innings so not only their arm can be useful, but their legs and their mind can be useful just going out and how to attack and navigate lineups. So I think that's a system thing, not just so uh, organization thing. I think they're, they're teaching these high-level prospects to go out there and throw 45, 50 pitches. Well, what does that teach them? Because, you know, in the big leagues, you can throw 30 pitches in one inning, <laughs> in a long inning. And so um, I think we need to start teaching that uh, in the minor leagues, this across the board a little better. I think you'll see more productivity from the rotation. Now, if you're looking at the Orioles, man, you got to take that governor off that Ferrari. Like you just got to you just gotta sell out because the, the window of winning can open and close so quickly. And so when you have an offense that's a World Series caliber offense, you got to trust these young guys and stuff to go out there and, and, and get out and get it to the bullpen because you see what happens when you overuse your bullpen. Now, Bautista's is down and he's one of the best arms. And so if you overuse your bullpen, that's, that comes the risk.
0: I think we all agree that Gunnar Henderson's going to win the rookie of the year, uh, barring something crazy occurring. But as far as where he fits in with this team, some would argue he's the best player on this team with no disrespect to Adley Rushman, but this kid has really come alive in his
1: rookie year, as you've witnessed. You know, um, I called the Apple TV game when he got called up, I believe it was, um, or maybe briefly, uh, against the Minnesota Twins, and everybody in the locker room was like, hey, this Gunnar going to Henderson. And I'm like, man, he's been in the big leagues for two hours. How do you know how he's going to be impactful? Like, you know what I mean? And he had a mindset and a swagger about him that he says – listen, I'm going to kick the door down. And they put him right in the leadoff spot, which is a a big responsibility, especially when you have a playoff caliber team. And man, he hit the ground running and he had the swagger like Mick Jagger and he was barreling baseballs and he's athletic and he can do it all. And so he is a big component. He's going to be the future. And it really, to be honest with you, it took a lot of pressure off Allie Rushman, you know, because to me, Allie Rushman is the key to that, to everything, that whole organization, because he's the Joe Maurer. He's the guy that can handle the staff. He can hit with power to all fields and what have you. But if you have four or five guys at the top of that lineup, man, as a starting pitcher, it's like, I can't pitch around the whole damn team, (laughs) you know? So he's a big component of that. Hey, you mentioned something
2: that stuck in my mind when you said it, it's, it's, It's just like dynasties. What can the Orioles do to be – you work with the Dodgers. You work with – obviously you got the Mookies, the Freddies, that you're able to go and mingle with, whose mindset is Mm -hmm. completely different than a 22-year-old because they've been there, done that. What can the Orioles do to have that without having L.A., L.A.'s budget, L.A.'s limelight? You're in Baltimore. Economics are a little bit different. What can the Orioles do systematically? Is that the right word? Mm-hmm. To have what the Dodgers have, without obviously spending that coin, because you know no one's, not many people are out LA.
1: Yeah, you know it, it. It they have to take a page out of the of Braves book. I mean, this is the core guys. This is it right here with their roster men. Get in front of that now. Don't allow them to get to the free agent years and what have you. And and selling on them to be the upstart. Like me and Miguel Cabrera, we never wanted to really leave Miami because we felt like we were the upstart. You know what I mean? Uh, of of, of not so much a dynasty, but like an organizational face of being able to be competitive every year. And we were until we got traded to Detroit. And so they have to get in front of that. They, they just have to get in front of some of the guys. And, yeah, does it take a lot of risk? Obviously, you, you want guys to continue to perform and stay healthy. But I just love this roster. I mean, Hayes and Mullins, and I mean, they play very hard. And the one thing I love about it and the reason why they defend you have to be able to catch the ball adam you guys were great about catching the ball like playing it's like yeah we can't give up a runs but if we can keep it in this ballpark we have to be able to go get it and so they play with that same mindset intensity so i don't think you're going to get any better now this jackson holiday i've been talking to his daddy this jackson holiday might be a problem when he gets called up too but you got to get in front of that and be able to take away some free agent years and yes you might have to sign some guys but if you hit you're looking at a situation like the Atlanta Braves. I think uh, Albie's deal is for thirty-five million dollars over seven years. I mean, you know, Acuna Jr. that looks like a bargain at a hundred million. You know, what I mean, and stuff like that. So, yeah, even though you have you don't have the money, this ownership is still gonna have to sell some blue crab and be able to get in front of it and uh, keep some of these core guys.
0: I agree. Anyone who doesn't have Scott Boris as their agent probably can be proactive and maybe get the Orioles to uh, to get them or the Orioles can get them at a uh, bargain rate if they can. But you mentioned already Jackson Holiday, there's Heston Kerstad. The Miners are loaded. They have more prospects in the top 100 than any team in baseball. What are they lacking? I guess starting pitching is maybe something they have to look at down the road, or maybe there's some arms in the minor leagues. But, you know, that's the one thing that I think people worry about being a weakness for this team. And you addressed it earlier is going into the postseason, how these arms are going to be handled. And, obviously with the window open the way it is because a lot of these guys that we've referenced are under contract for at least two, three more years, Don
1: Yeah. Well you have John means coming back. And so he's coming back from injury. I love his stuff from the left side. They already have a six man rotation. So how does he fit into that? You know what I mean? As far as like getting enough work to be v- valuable for the postseason, because I think they need a left side look to be able to sandwich between uh, Bradish and Rodriguez. But again, it's also teaching them how to be able to stay healthy. That's the one thing that the Dodgers are elite about, and you're seeing the Houston Astros are elite about. they teaching guys that have stuff to be able to stay healthy if you're looking at the Bobby Millers of the world. Well, I mean, you know, if you look at the Baltimore Orioles, they have arms and cannons too, but you have to teach these kids to be able to navigate lineup. I think that's the biggest reason why Grayson Rodriguez is successful over his last seven starts is because he's, he's pitching smart with his stuff. I'm not attacking Aaron Judge. Why am I giving him something to hit? I'm going to go after Glaber Torres, <laughs> you know what I mean, and, and the intellect of that and being able to navigate lineups and what have you, and so they need to learn how to pitch in, in that sequence of that, And so, but it starts in the minor leagues, man. You've got to be able to teach guys to be able to get through five innings and be able to stay healthy through a whole season, and so you're not looking at it at – 130 innings, and I mean, I know I can't bend my elbow straight now, but I mean, 130 innings was nothing in the minor leagues. You know what I mean? Like it was it, because they were teaching us to be able to go six, seven innings, so we can go six, seven innings if we make it to the big leagues. So I think it's a mentality as far as the rotation from rookie ball all the way to AAA. We need to start going deeper in ball games so we can take the pressure off our weapons in the bullpen because the bullpen has talent, but you can't have guys coming out of the bullpen. That have 60, 70 appearances because ultimately they're going to break down.
2: Recently, you got to see the spectacle in Dodger Stadium. Brave Dodgers, Acuna Betts, Freeman olson the replacement. He replaced him. First off, watching that live, and we, I mean, go back to the highlights. Acuna hitting the ball 121 miles an hour, Grand Slam. Betts tying it up back to back, going deep. Freeman doing whatever he does every night. Like, who's the MVP first, in opinion? Again, still more time. But how good was that? Like, that atmosphere? Is that, that's what baseball needs. You need that flair. I love uh,
1: Joe Davis, his energy. Like, mm-hmm. you need that. <sighs> I changed my flight to New York for. Game one, I was supposed to be in New York working. And I said, listen, look, I got, I'm going to use my field pass to get in here for free and whatever empty seat I can sit in, I'm going to sit in it. And it was no empty seat. So I had to stand and watch. Um, <laughs> it was a preview of the national league championship. I felt like, and no disrespect to the Philadelphia Phillies, cause they coming, but you know, the star power, the athletic ability. And it was almost like, you know, you had two big, college football teams that have Heisman hopefuls on both teams. So they knew they had to show up and both of those guys did. And so, I mean, <sighs> Acuna junior left there. I mean, the team won three out of four in the Dodgers house and Acuna junior factored in that, but you know, my, my my boy Mookie's still nipping at his heels, but Acuna junior kind of put a, you know, explanation point into that and he still has a chance to hit 40, 40, You know, Mookie's been slugging very well, but, oh, man, I know I got this Dodger T-shirt on, so I hope I get back in the stadium. But, you know, I think it's going to still be a race, but right now I think after Acuna Jr. had that monster series, he has the edge a little bit with voters. But Mookie Betts, he plays multiple positions. He's elite at multiple positions. I mean, the way he's slugging the baseball, I'm not going to cover off it. He, he hit 400 in, uh, in August, which you know, Adam, how difficult that is to do. <sighs> and so he's still right there, and I think he's going to, you know, steer some voters away to his side. But, yeah, this is, this is still a race, and we'll see how guys finish. But Mookie is right there on his heels.
0: Our continuing conversation with former pitcher and current broadcaster John Trell Willis continues in a moment. But first, a word from our loyal, dedicated sponsors. Go out and support him, folks.
3: The Adam Jones Podcast is brought to you by Jimmy's Famous Seafood, Charm City's favorite crab cake destination. Local sports fan, experience the ultimate pregame party at the tailgate. Cheer on the Ravens with iconic live performances, an open bar, and mouthwatering eats. Can't make it? No worries. Bring the same food that caught the attention of the Food Network right to your doorstep. Shipping East Coast recipes nationwide. Jimmy's Famous Seafood is the official sponsor of the guests appearing on the Adam Jones Podcast and by our friends at the Wineman Company by Hollywood Casino Perryville. For some, it's a game of chance, but for you, it's a game of choice. Hollywood and Barstool are bringing you more ways to bet in Maryland. Catch all the action in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville at the Barstool Sportsbook or bet online with the Barstool Sportsbook app. When you download the Barstool Sportsbook app, register and wager, you can get up to $1,000 bonus cash, plus up to $1,000 when you sign up and wager in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville. Play from anywhere and get up to $2,000. The choice is yours. Must be in the state of Maryland to wager and over 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. By Jack Daniels, two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, the number one cocktail in the world, is now available in a can. Yes, that's true. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, mixed with Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar, are now both available in a can. Two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, ready to drink? Please drink responsibly. Whiskey specialty, 7% alcohol by volume. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, Lynchburg, Tennessee. By Effective Solutions, your one-stop shop for commercial contracting. Everything from excavation and site development to emergency remediation and restoration. Effective Solutions specializes in many forms of commercial and mixed-use construction, like leak investigation, framing, trim carpentry, insulation, drywall, painting, wallpaper, flooring, masonry, waterproofing, paving, tree removal, and much more. With a dedicated staff and a commitment to quality, Effective Solutions delivers every time. Buy G-Leaf, medical cannabis only. Visit gleaf.com. Medical cannabis is for qualified Maryland patients only. The Adam Jones Podcast is brought to you by Royal Farms. Download the Royal Farms app from the apple app store or google play today new royal farms rewards members will get a free any size cup of royal farms award-winning coffee just for signing up
4: you know it takes a lot of hard work to be a professional football kicker i would know i am a professional football kicker so when i need the energy to get through a tough practice i get a cup of coffee from Royal Farms,
1: beans.
4: Royal Farms new coffee machines grind fresh beans and brew them for a perfect cup every time. It's the freshest coffee in the world and just the kick I need.
3: Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. And a reminder, if you guys are enjoying this podcast, make sure to check out the Baltimore Banner at thebaltimorebanner.com AJ to get started. Now it's back to Dontrell
0: Willis and our chat here with him on the Adam Jones podcast. Let's get back into it. Dontrell, I wanted to ask you uh, about the sport in general, and we're speaking about the postseason. As you know, the NFL begins this week. We'll get to our Ravens predictions coming up a little later in the podcast. But some feel like the baseball postseason gets overshadowed by the NFL's regular season. I don't know how you combat that. You work at a network that carries both. Do you feel that's the case sometimes where, like, once we get to mid-October, everyone's starting to turn their attention to pigskin, but not if you're a true baseball fan, obviously.
1: No, I mean, is this baseball has so many games. And, and, you know, me and Adam have football friends, and, and the first thing out of their mouth is like, man, y'all play every day? Like, you know what I mean? And so for the casual fan, it seems to get a little jargony, especially, especially if your team's not competitive or in the race late. But there's nothing like postseason baseball. There is nothing like postseason baseball. There's no energy that is matched. You're literally on the edge of your seat every single pitch. I mean, I learned my love for hard alcohol after, after that 21 years old is playing in the postseason. So, you know, um, no, it's it, it, no, I don't I, I don't necessarily agree with that. But, you know, I'm a big football fan. I'm a diehard Raiders fan. So, you know, there's a there is excitement. I do I do think the NFL does a good job of, of really hyping it up and really keeping you informed with the season and, and really you getting ready for this one game a week, uh, even for a short week. Sometimes they play Thursday night and stuff like that. So, But, no, I, I don't agree with that. And, and, and when it comes to the postseason – um, at Fox, they, you know, the emphasis is just as high as college football or the NFL group because they understand how important it is uh, for us to do a, a really good project. And so, no, nah, I don't agree with that, but especially uh, when you have these matchups and you see the upstart teams like the Baltimore uh, Orioles get into it, it brings a new excitement and a new life. That's not seeing the same, you know, Boston Red Sox or New York Yankees teams that are in it. It's uh, so it, it, no, the fun and excitement for baseball is always better in, in October. Adam, correct me if
0: I'm wrong. So now D Train and CC are Raider fans, right? We've had two Raider fans on the podcast.
2: Here. Ravens
1: don't play them this year. Massive. Yeah. Thank okay. God either. They, I'm they tired of losing bets. They fight. Um, they I'm, fight. Uh, they, they, Raiders
2: yeah. fans, you don't. <laughs> hey, you, there's, two, there's two days you can rob a bank in uh, California it's when the Raiders and Chargers play. Both those days, you can do whatever you want. It's all the cops is at the damn Coliseum. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> but you mentioned Absolutely. baseball is seeing a little bit different shift now. Uh, when, when, when you have the better team, when you have the Orioles now back in the race, Tampa's still in the race. Biggest disappointments this year due to the fact that the Padres, the Mets, the Yankees, the Cardinals—all these guys are playoff-bound teams. at last year, playoff teams last year, big spenders, obviously, uh, as always. What happened to? All four franchises, really, they have happened to them.
1: Well, you you look at the Padres and, and, you know, you look at some of their numbers. I mean, you know, they're top three in Team ERA, and you're like, how are they so bad? And so there's a component that the Orioles have that the Padres don't. And it's simple, and it doesn't go on the back of a baseball card. The Orioles, they like playing with each other. They enjoy playing for each other. And it, that shows. And so when they go up against a team that might, might match them talent-wise, knowing that you're going to run through a wall for your brother, that trumps the talent on the other side. And so you're seeing the joy. You're seeing the leadership in Baltimore. And obviously the athletic ability. And I think the Padres, because of the lack of leadership, and Manny's my boy, you know I mean? Sanders my boy, and I, I mean no disrespect to, that, to those guys, but – you can tell that when they go up against a team that has just as much talent, they don't play very well. And so, and on top of it, they have Bob Melvin as their manager. And so you're looking at this roster and how it's constructed and their leadership. And you're thinking like, man, they're going to be, they're going to be a hard out And, and a lot of experts picked them to win the West. And so, I think that's what happened where you got a bunch of guys that just really haven't got to the, the, the point where they enjoy playing with each other for the common goal of winning the world championship. And listen, there's a lot of chips and dips being paid out down there too. So expectation uh, uh, definitely brings pressure. And so I, I think Guacamole. that's what happened. A lot of guacamole. A lot of guacamole down, down there. <laughs> lot, you know what I mean? And, and so you look, you look at the White Sox. I mean, that's that's clearly what happened. Like, you know what I mean? The, the, the environment was so toxic that they had to just clean house from the front office to the, the, the GM and all these guys. And, you know, Eloy Jimenez. And you look and Anderson. And you look at that roster and Giolito and Lance Lane. You're like, why are they so bad? And it's like, well, you look in their culture of their clubhouse. They really stopped playing for each other after they lost two years ago Against the Houston Nationals, they were doomed after that. You know what I mean? And so anytime you look at a team that has like a, a great deal of talent, that's the first thing is like, man, they, maybe they just don't like playing for each other. And so you have to be careful of how you construct rosters and see what kind of guys they are. Is there a lot of me guys in the locker room that have talent or is there a lot of team guys? Because that's very important.
0: Well, You have kids, Don Trell. Adam has kids. I don't have any kids that I know of, but I wanted to ask you about the youth and getting them involved in baseball. It's been a continuing conversation on this podcast. How do you get more kids involved in baseball these days? Because it seems like there's too many other alternatives. Say black kids.
1: What was that? <laughs> African-American. He right. African-American kids. No, um, you, you have to put Real. boots on the ground. You have to put boots on the ground. That, you know what I mean? There's no, there's no uh, um, how can I say this? There's no abbreviation for hard work. And, and people have to see that you believe in them, regardless of whatever you're doing. And so if you want to make a change and you want to make impact, they have to see you. And the a lot of people, they know baseball, but they don't understand how it can be fun for them. And so that's very important, especially for African-American kids to be able to teach them how to use their athleticism and how they can be impactful on the field. And they're not just in the outfield looking at butterflies fly away and, and what have you and not getting the ball, but there's more nuances in the game. And so that's why it's important for guys like Adam Jones. And, you know, Adam Jones, obviously – Uh, a a five-time all-star. He has gold gloves all over his house. But the reason why people loved him in Baltimore is because he showed his athleticism and he showed what he can do on the field and how he can be impactful. And so and and you look at the CeCe of the world and the David Price's of the world, it's like, man, I I can hold this little baseball, and if I throw it by these guys here, you know, I can be successful. <laughs> you know, that's it. Like, you know what I mean? You, you have to be able to explain the game. Now, basketball and football, it has a more action and play time, so it's easier to narrate and easier to teach. Hey, man, just run that guy over and then run into the, you know, to the goalpost. And that's how you score. It's very simple. But baseball, it's like, well, if I'm standing over here, am I waiting for the ball? How am I going to be impactful to be able to enjoy the game and win the game? And so that's what I mean about being, you know, boots on the ground. You have to be able to teach the game. And plus, let's keep it 100. Baseball is not cheap them bats 300, them gloves, 300, those baseballs, you know, I remember I was losing tennis balls. My mom was like, that's your last damn tennis ball. I ain't buying no more tennis
3: balls and stuff. You know what I mean? I know your mama. Yeah, 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 exactly.
1: (laughs) So, you know, it's expensive. So you need money, you need funds, you need facilities and what have you. And so, uh, you know, I credit the, the, the players Alliance, Uh, you know, Adam Jones has been on the ground, you know, Edwin Jackson has been on the ground doing it. You know, I've opened up a boys and girls club back where I'm from, you know, it's all important, not only just to teach the kids the game, but how to stay out of trouble and how to have something positive in your life. And so when you don't have anything positive, I have a lot of friends that are like, man, I should have stuck with baseball because it it really dictated how their life are going to be forward as an adult. So I thank God for the game of baseball because it saved my life.
2: Before we let you go, the final question, promise you. Um, Balance. Playing baseball, obviously, going it's a job, going to work, going to the field, while having a family, kids. It's easy when you're by yourself. You got a girlfriend. Okay, cool. Now you have kids. Then retire. The transformation. How have you been able to balance? And what's your best advice to someone like myself and many others who retired, then do are doing then getting into the media, getting into working for uh organizations? What's your best advice on? how to get involved with that, and how to balance it, most importantly, because I know your girls. they they as active as anybody in the world, OK? They, act. Yeah. They acting. Mm-hmm. Um, so the balance, no one ever knows the balance. You see you on TV, like, oh, well, his, man, this phone is ringing up in between sets, OK? why he's talking. How do you find
1: that balance? Man, my – first of all, my phone shakes so much it loses weight. Like, <laughs> it, <laughs> it literally it, – it, it literally uh, update after update. And me and you, Adam, we talked about that. And, and, and Chris Young, we talked about that, who's doing an outstanding job at M.O.D. Network. And the at Now you're starting to see him on TV. And I talked to all those guys about it. Um, again, I thank God that, you know, God blessed me to be able to go on television – and and bring my work ethic that I had in baseball to television. And that would be my advice. I mean, we don't just fall out of bed and and make it to the big leagues. We have to have a certain amount of dog in us and a certain amount of work ethic in us. You have to bring that work ethic to, you know, whatever you're doing post-baseball. And so, uh, you know, I love the grind. I love learning. I love uh, being able to work with, you know, I, I consider myself the uh the, the best Robin of all time. I mean, I get to work with Joe Davis, Kevin Burkhart you know, guys like that. I mean, these are guys that are calling the world series and the super bowl. I ain't doing number riding. They coattail to the top, baby. I did it with Miguel Cabrera. I'm (laughs) gonna do it with them now too. So again, you know, you, you understand your limits, but at the same time, you have to push yourself. And so I talked to you, Adam, about like, and I'm so proud of you, man, about like, Hey man, it's not about the monetary value of it because you made millions of dollars and and what have you. It's about, you know, having something for yourself as an uh, individual and as an adult and, who knows the game better than someone that's won multiple gold gloves they want to hear from you and so the work ethic has to come and 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 your family's going to understand that and that's the one thing that's rare about an athlete's family the kids kind of get in tune with it as they get older that, Hey, dad's got to go study or dad's got to go lift weights or dad's got to go practice. And so, you know, it's a beautiful, like kind of a blend of, you know, you still want to be a daddy. And I know you're a great dad and my kids are all world and everything and going to Disneyland every other week and then going to a soccer tournament and stuff (laughs) like that. But, you know, you you do the best you can to be able to be at some of the events and, and some of the events you won't, won't be able to, but in the end, kind of the sacrifice like you did for baseball it's a sacrifice you have to do for your, your, your journalistic you know, career as well. And so, and trust me, come off season after they host that world series trophy, I'm right at the Chick-fil-A line getting a 30 piece for everybody and then doing all the drop-offs and pick offs and, and what have you. And so th- there, there'll be a balance to where you can fit yourself into this being a dad, because you know, us as men, we need that to be able to be uh, involved in, in our kids' life. So that's where you balance that, but as far as being on TV man and, and you know, I love it, I enjoy it, man, and, and I thank God, and I, I think you know our families like are like, hey, he need to get out of the house. He can't just be in here all day. you know what I mean True. he need to get out of the house this for his mental and stuff. so but the work ethic, I think that's the advice that would give anybody is whatever work you put in the baseball to get yourself to the top, that's exactly what you need to put in work for TV, television as well.
0: Don Trell, it's been informative. It's been entertaining. Thank you. I must say, I mean, it was a pleasure watching you pitch, but it's even just as entertaining watching you
1: on the tube. So keep doing what you're doing, man. You're doing it very, very well. Hey, thank you, guys. Keep kicking butt on this podcast. And Adam, I'm so proud of you, dog. And Don't be thank late for brother. the game call tomorrow. Don't be late I'm for not. the game call tomorrow. I'm you're not. i not of coffee. <laughs> I am. Cheers. Right, thanks, guys. <laughs> thanks, Don Trell. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, guys. Well, Adam
0: – now, correct me if I'm wrong, and you always do. You never played with Don Trell. You played against him, but he's become one of the great voices of the sport.
2: So I've we had spring training. He was still, tra- he was still he was trying to make his comeback. Uh, so we never played uh, in the regular season with each other. I faced him a handful of times. I don't know how many. But, dude, you got to understand how awesome this dude is to face because <clears throat> you see how energetic he is. He's talking all kind of stuff when you're on, on the field. oh, you got a fastball? Okay, 2-0. Okay, you're going to get a fastball. I hit a double. Oh, you got a double? Or you got that foot down? I see. Okay, oh, you got that foot down. Okay, I got that. And it was playful, but it was like, hey, we're going against each other. we we backyard. We're playing in the backyard. We're in the major leagues. We're playing backyard baseball still, though. And you have to remember that he was playing the game like a kid. And now the transformation, that's why I asked about it, is the transformation to doing something else because – as an athlete, okay, we can make tons of tons of money and then never do anything the rest of our lives we can do that there has to be some substance for life and he is uh, a great example of that of going from the field and then you know he calls himself a Jamaican he worked like six jobs and it's amazing because he's in tune to it but like he said he wants to learn and if you don't want to learn at that at that level you'll never be. Where he's at right now, and he's riding himself to the top. I mean, he got a couple of Emmys. What? That's
0: yep. awesome. No, I mean both of you guys have done it the right way. You both talked a lot when you played, played at a high level, and now have transitioned into the next stage of your career in the media, and it's working out well. Especially with this podcast, at least through forty-five episodes, we'll see if we get to forty-six. <laughs>
2: you have to show yourself, though, and that's the biggest thing. Is people always said, "Oh, guys are cocky because like, come on, I'm cocky because I'm talking, I'm having fun, I'm you know, like this is." Some people, you gotta understand, some people don't grow up like you, so they don't understand your lingo. And the sooner you understand that, I understood that about like 13, there was a quicker I gave no rat's ass about anybody saying that, oh, you're cocky. You're dead. cocky. I'm better than you. What you want me to say? Sorry? No, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry that you stink. Get better, work harder.
0: All right, let's get to our For the Birds segment. We have a new sponsor coming aboard. Can't mention them just yet, but they're going to be sponsoring our segment. And this week we're talking about when baseball fans go wild, A.J. It can be frightening, a really weird and bizarre situation when fans simply trespass, as you tweeted or X'd. This should never happen. And the players should be able to protect themselves. You don't know what these losers have. I'm reading right from the X. They should be prosecuted, you're right, (laughs) to the max of the law. Now, in the 70s, as you know, growing up just like me, it was very prominent. I mean, you watch Hank Aaron break Ray Bruce's all-time home run record. There's some nut job who somehow got past all the security in Atlanta Fulton County Stadium that night and rounded the bases with the great hammer and Hank, which is crazy to think about. You look at the video, go on YouTube, where you can watch this podcast, and look at the 1976 American League Championship Series when the Yankees captured that inside the Bronx. Chris Chambliss with a dramatic homer, and he had to fight his way off the field, literally punch his way off the field, along with Thurman Munson. Now, fans somehow stormed the stands a lot back in the 70s. Then we get to the 80s, and it it was Morgana the Kissing Bandit, who seemed harmless. She would come out maybe kiss you on the lips. If you weren't married, if you were, you would prefer a peck on the cheek. But it seemed harmless until what we saw recently with Ronald Acuna Jr., as you pointed out, again, on X. Where was his teammates? Where was, more importantly, the security in Colorado that night? And has this ever happened to you, as we'll get into?
2: Well, the documentary with Hank Aaron, let's go all the way back. Uh, I watched the documentary, and there was, like, FBI agents had, like, were – snipers were locked in on anything around Mr. Aaron because they wanted to make sure that this record was safe and, you know, he got safe. And then these two guys come ran- randomly running around and I don't right, know was the correct two. word. It was two. I don't know the what was the correct word is with like something that is like they're, they're forever going to be etched in the one of the greatest moments of sports history forever. They'll always be known as the two guys with Hank Aaron, as he celebrated his home run iconic is definitely the word <laughs> um when it comes to Acuna no you go back to the Yankees they, I remember watching a video them dudes are going nuts trying to get off the field granted those times weren't as many security you didn't think I mean no celebrations happen like that though on the field and, and you know you look at all the old Super Bowls and all that kind of stuff celebrations happen with the fans and all that kind of stuff it starts to get crazier especially the 70s because you got the Vietnam War so the mindset of the of the uh of the the country and people was probably different. I was not alive then. You can probably help me out with that, Chips. You're you're uh, <laughs> a little bit a little bit senior to us. Um, but a a Cunha situation is something that just can't happen. First and foremost, um, where the hell is the, is like the Rockies bullpen? Since he's a right fielder, uh, it's, again, it's not on them. Um, where's his center fielder? Where's the second baseman? Like it doesn't matter if if I'm on defense or offense doesn't matter and somebody is charging the field and attacking anybody on the field your ass is mine why are you here number one i'm protecting my brother we don't know you this is a family on here again i'm going against this guy that guy i'm going against the other team but once the line is crossed and hey no we're brotherhood we protect ourselves against anything that's outside of this the tom gamboa situation with the royals um the royals first base coach the White Sox. the White Sox players, you should see the White Sox guys, how they were beating the hell out those guys, as they should have stayed off the field. You're and breaking the second the guy, You're but The second guy that came out with Acuna, and it was, like, jumping. You can see the video. He's jumping, like, what the hell are you doing? And how did he what get you... there before everyone else? But what are you jumping, and, like, what do you really want with Acuna? And Acuna... Bruh, you, you, you're you not you not taking the Latin lessons. You can't throw them hands up. Don't ever let nobody touch you. That sh- Hell no. I yeah. teach my kids this. Don't ever let nobody touch you. Ever. If if it's not wanted, like, I'm on a baseball field. Only person that should give me a high five, a handshake, a pat on the ass is my teammates, possibly an umpire. If, you know, if, you know I mean, you never know how the interactions is. You might grow up with the guys. That's it. Besides that? Nobody, maybe a clubhouse guy underneath, but be on the field in the gray in those grass. There shouldn't be nobody to say hi to or touch me. And you're gonna let that man, I would have knocked the hell out those dudes and deal with the consequences. Obviously, you're gonna, I'm gonna sue you. Try that one.
0: Go ahead. Acuna mm. took it very well, but I thought he was too lax. You know, and football- hell
2: no, you're gonna, you don't, you they dropped you. Right. You fail, Acuna. Like, I, I, and trust me, I love him. Um, just those situations, she like. That's when that that trigger in my mind is like, hey, hold on. I'm snapping right now. I'm in the jungle now. uh, uh, It's unacceptable.
1: What a couple are you doing on the
2: field, guys?
0: Yeah, a couple of things jumped into my mind. First of all, with football, that's not going to occur here in Baltimore. We all remember Mike Curtis leveling some drunk fan who came onto the field. I happened to be at a Super Bowl once, and Mike Vrabel was still a player with the Patriots. It was during a commercial break, but a streaker ran onto the field in the Super Bowl, and he leveled that guy. And uh, that guy couldn't get up on his own. That's the way it's done. But as far as what we saw more recently, I mean, Colorado, you got to do a better job getting security out there. They need messy security guy. That guy knows how is, to protect his the, player.
2: The thing is, is that you know you've been to the ballpark, Camden Yards. The security guys are the security personnel are ladies and women and uh, ladies and gentlemen. They're older. They're in their sixties. Some are in their seventies. Some are in the damn eighties. And if somebody really wants to get down there get out of my way okay I'm going down there so you can't stop the actual guy from getting down there you can't because you know if you want to really if a 25 year old wants to overpower a 60 year old the chances are that he can do it yeah so it's just the penalties on this has to be so harsh and severe to where if the person does this and again they do these stupid ass GoFundMe's, I get that uh so and people do it you do stupid things people go fund me and get you out of jail um but you, you the penalties have to be harsh on this. I remember in uh, I think it was 09, some dude, we still had the turf and the, around the warning track, he jumped over and I heard him snap his ankle on over our dugout, snapped his ankle, and he got up and I excuse my language, he said, fuck this and went back down and waited for the cops to pick him up and just walked in. and I was literally like three feet from it, and I'm like just somebody just jumping over here in the eighth inning like in just her and Was that the only guy, time that's occurred to that you? No, nah, people have wa- walked on the field or ran on the field. They you don't know, walk on the field many times. And I remember in Minnesota, some idiot comes out there, and this is old Minnesota, the turf. I remember the cops, I got close to it. I'm like, and I'm screaming, What the hell are you doing? I didn't say hell. Um, but the cops were like getting the knee and dragging his head all in the in the turf. And I'm like, That's what you should do. And drag his ass up and pick him up and take his ass to where he needs to go. But like, it just. I get it i, I get it I've, I've had my i've had a beer or two i remember being drunk my first time you know what i mean i remember impressing friends but in that capacity like the orioles video the jackass that jumps over the fence falls and then goes sprint out like and then the, the security guard boom beelines and i remember when i was mr splash i would be to security dudes right there i'm like y'all ready they'd be like hell yeah i've been, been building this up for a long time I wish somebody would test me today so hey security dudes Keep getting after them. Some of these cities, you got to get a little bit younger with security.
0: I think Camden Yards does a great job with it because they have guys out there in between innings. The Yankees finally came around. You know what they utilize? You know what the best thing to break up trespassing or crowds is? Horses. They would bring horses onto the field in in the playoffs when the Yankees would clinch. And you'd have policemen on horses. Remember Wade Boggs riding that horse after winning the World Series? Why do you think those horses were out there? to keep the hooligans off
2: the field. Uh I mean that's the difference. That's if you can't use you can't use the horses today. You're getting in trouble with all kind of organizations that's true. Trying that's to those true. animals. Uh, I mean get a dog. <laughs> you mean they want a couple you of pit bulls. Like a, Yeah, bulls. anybody my Doberman, uh you get my Doberman. She'll keep people she'll keep people off the field. I guarantee Sarah keep people off the field in a heartbeat. Um but it just the penalties need to be so severe that it's just like it doesn't even entice you to do it. Like, to do it, you must be a real idiot. Again, still going to happen, but the penalties just need to be really severe.
0: And I said it earlier, if you haven't seen that video of Messi's bodyguard, that is a must-see because that guy, he's he's around Messi wherever he goes, and no one's going to get close to him without that guy out there. Like in Los Angeles the other night, some— Idiot tried to run on the field, and this guy sprinted from the sideline and intercepted him, and it was all over. So, Let's See,
2: worried. okay, here's the thing to that, though, is because, Chip, you made a great point, is college is the, is the total opposite of it, of yeah. professional sports.
0: They're when starting get, to penalize schools, though, if they do disrupt.
2: If you are a number – if you're like a number – if you're a prominent school and you defeat another prominent school, what the hell are you storming the court for? I don't give a damn about your ranking. If North Carolina is not ranked and they beat number one Duke – you should not storm the damn court. You're North Carolina. You're not Colgate, okay? You're not North Carolina Asheville, okay? You don't storm the damn court. And you just too many. You're 16 and you beat a 12. What the hell are you storming the court for? Mm-mm, that shouldn't work. But college football, same way. If you're a big program, like any of these, if your rankings are too close, no, no. Like you, you don't see Alabama storm, obviously, because oh. of it. Duke, I don't know why the hell Duke would ever storm the court. Well, it was um, a football like, game. Okay, okay. I'll give Duke football that because Duke football is trash. So okay. I'll give it that. Uh they wouldn't there ain't been nothing since my boy Malcolm was there. So um the pros is a little different. You have to carry yourselves with, with a little bit. There's no just there's no like fan section in, in professional sports, you know what I mean? To where like the Dukies and the North Carolina people, there's not or the Terrapins, there's not those kind of sections. So just just avoid everything and stay the hell off the field unless you go to a college game. Now, you want to go to a college game and rip some fireball with these young kids and rah, 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 let's go. Let's do, let's do that. At the Ravens, at the Orioles, NBA, you're going to get hurt. As we were saying before
0: we started the podcast, the last thing we need now is another Monica Sellis incident. That should have been a learning lesson for everyone out there. Stay in your seats. All right, let's get in that big old jet in the sky and travel beyond Baltimore, our national perspective. And MLB has this cap ambassador program, Adam. How did this come about? Explain what it entails, because it seemed like it was CeCe, who we've talked an awful lot about on this podcast, even though he hasn't been on, and then you. And now it's blossomed into a full-blown program put together by the commissioner. So let the people know what it's all about.
2: Well, the Cap Ambassador Program is a, just a fantastic program with, you've seen the group, absolute gems of players, but people. And we are the mission, you say we our, we, our mission is to continue to grow this game, but also uh, growing it in a way that we can see the future. We understand that how the game, we understand first off how to play the game, We understand how to monetize off the game. And we're trying to just build a bigger platform than just like, okay, teach these kids how to hit, teach these kids how to do this. No, we're teaching these kids how to be mindful of themselves, mindful of the surroundings, mindful of the game. But also, and most importantly, we're trying to be the big brother and bridge to the commissioner's office. There's been, for the longest time, there's been such a disconnect from Player, as you've seen, Players Association through the Commissioner's Office. And I've worked for both, and I've been in both sides of the meetings many times, many years. And the common ground is to make the game better. And that's what we're trying to do. We're not trying to make the game any more special, we're trying to make the game better, more efficient for both sides. And again, another important fact is what we're trying to do is. We're trying to grow the game in the African-American community internationally, as you've seen Ichiro. Uh, we got pitchers on there too, unfortunately, obviously with CC and uh Troy Hawkins. Um, but no, it's just it's just a good group of guys who played the game the right way and want to see the game grow. Uh the 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 things that we have in plan in place right now are so amazing. And, again, i let you know on some of the things that we do. Sure. And I'll post them, obviously, on my social medias. But the, uh, just know that the things that are in the works right now with the cap program are special. Uh, we'll be at the World Series. Uh, various guys will be at uh, postseason places. If the Orioles continue this, I will be in Baltimore for uh, game, game one. Uh, it would be uh, October 7th. So, it, it's we're, we're showing face but we're also good presence around the game. We're people who interacted with our fan bases. So it's a, it's, you're getting a culmination of a lot of guys who maybe were a little bit out there or, i say, um, soft-spoken or maybe reserved. Now you're getting the guys and bringing them back, like you're Ryan Howard, Jimmy Rollins with those organizations, Jeremy Guthrie. I mean, obviously, one of the smartest guys, Jed Lowry. Like, you're getting a, a really good group, LaTroy Hawkins. It's Hawkins. It's a wide range of group of guys that you're getting. And you're getting some valuable knowledge. And we're trying to just grow the game beautifully and aggressively.
0: Yeah, it's a great mix. And they should be making an impact. And I look forward to that, and especially during the postseason here in Baltimore. All right. Let's get to socially speaking. This is where we answer a tweet or social media post or an X post. If you want to jump to the front of the line, all you have to do is rate the podcast. That'll probably qualify you for a iron rooster gift card, which we're going to be giving away. Now last week we conducted a poll, a last minute poll. I'm still calling it Twitter. You can call it X. And we asked, what do you think the Ravens record's going to be Adam? And they -hmm. opened their big season as favorites against Houston on Sunday here in Baltimore. And we asked to predict the Ravens record for the upcoming season. We gave you three choices, 14 and 3, 12 and 5, 10 and 7, really four choices or other. 12 and 5 came in at 53% of the votes. Uh, The second best was 10 and 7. 14 and 3 got 16%, other got 8%. I'm going to say this the Ravens will definitely win double digits in terms of victories. I have them going 12 and 5, but they will be judged solely by what they accomplish in the postseason, just like last year. Everyone's got their contract. Everyone got paid. Now it's time to play in the second season. What are your thoughts on the team?
2: Me, I am in the other. I'm in the smart uh, bracket because there's one that's not up there. Um, I'm going 11 and 6. Okay. Reason being is the division is good. Let's not say, oh, we're going to win. 12 and 12 is a lot of victories. 11 is a lot of victories. 10 is, I think, very doable. Um, you just got to respect the division. I think 11 and six still gets you in the in the playoffs, uh, but you got to respect the division. The Bengals are good. The Steelers are good. The Browns with Deshaun Watson with a full a full year and full spring uh, training camp. There's a lot of things that can happen. I mean, he's a hell of a talent, obviously. Um, it's going to be a tough division as it always is, which it should be. It's the North. Um, I'd say I'm going with the 8% of the other and uh, I'll be 11 and six, but they're still making a postseason. And again, the the Ravens are measured like the Steelers, like uh, Belichick, Patriots. They're me- and now um, the the Chiefs. They're measured in Super Bowls and what you do in the postseason. You're getting into the gauntlet. We get it. You're good enough to do that. What do you do in January? That's all that matters. Again, we, we're going to tweet about it. We're going to cry about it. We're going to mf everybody. Fire Harbaugh and fire this dude. When it comes to January, that's when it matters. We all know that in Baltimore.
0: Well, uh, our producer, Chip, thinks they're going to win 13 games. He's also
4: produced the
0: Banners' new Ravens Rap podcast, which begins this week. It airs twice a week. Don't forget to check that out, along with the Adam Jones podcast. And don't forget to pay attention to our fine, loyal, dedicated sponsors. We thank
3: them. The Adam Jones Podcast is brought to you by Jimmy's Famous Seafood, Charm City's favorite crab cake destination. Local sports fan, experience the ultimate pregame party at the tailgate. Cheer on the Ravens with iconic live performances, an open bar, and mouthwatering eats. Can't make it? No worries. Bring the same food that caught the attention of the Food Network right to your doorstep. Shipping East Coast recipes nationwide. Jimmy's Famous Seafood is the official sponsor of the guests appearing on the Adam Jones Podcast and by our friends at the Weinman Company. By Hollywood Casino Perryville. For some, it's a game of chance, but for you, it's a game of choice. Hollywood and Barstool are bringing you more ways to bet in Maryland. Catch all the action in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville at the Barstool Sportsbook or bet online with the Barstool Sportsbook app. When you download the Barstool Sportsbook app, register and wager, you can get up to $1,000 bonus cash, plus up to $1,000 when you sign up and wager in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville. Play from anywhere and get up to $2,000 The choice is yours. Must be in the state of Maryland to wager and over 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. By Jack Daniels, two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, the number one cocktail in the world, is now available in a can. Yes, that's true. Jack Daniels, Tennessee Whiskey, mixed with Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar, are now both available in a can. Two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, ready to drink? Please drink responsibly. Whiskey specialty, 7% alcohol by volume. Jack Daniels, Tennessee Whiskey, Lynchburg, Tennessee. By Effective Solutions, your one-stop shop for commercial contracting. Everything from excavation and site development to emergency remediation and restoration. Effective Solutions specializes in many forms of commercial and mixed-use construction, like leak investigation, framing, trim carpentry, insulation, drywall, painting, wallpaper, flooring, masonry, waterproofing, paving, tree removal, and much more. With a dedicated staff and a commitment to quality, Effective Solutions delivers every time. Buy G-Leaf, medical cannabis only. Visit G-Leaf.com. Medical cannabis is for qualified Maryland patients only. The Adam Jones Podcast is brought to you by Royal Farms. Download the Royal Farms app from the Apple App Store or Google Play today. New Royal Farms rewards members will get a free any size cup of Royal Farms award winning coffee just for signing up.
4: You know, it takes a lot of hard work to be a professional football kicker. I would know. I am a professional football kicker. So when I need the energy to get through a tough practice, I get a cup of coffee from Royal Farms.
1: Those beans.
4: Royal Farms' new coffee machines grind fresh beans and brew them for a perfect cup every time. It's the freshest coffee in the world and just the kick I need.
0: Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Also, thanks to senior executive producer Chip Franklin. He got as many mentions during this podcast as CC Sabathia, Chip likes to vacation on the Cape. We call it bartending. Go out and subscribe to the banner. Until next time, be kind, be real, and be back for another episode of the Adam Jones Podcast, folks. See ya.